Nuclear. Now is it Crick or Creek? Coyote or Coyote? Sometimes I say library. Welcome to You're Saying It Wrong. I'm Fletcher Powell, and each episode we turn to the people who literally wrote the book on this, sister and brother team Kathy and Ross Petrus, and we'll dive into what we get wrong and sometimes what we get right when we try to speak this weird English language. Before we get to today's topic, I want to contradict myself a little bit on last episode. I thought better of a few things, and uh, I just wanted to clear those up. I had had mentioned that using reticent in place of reluctant didn't really bother me that much, and I still mostly think that, but I saw a quote from the guy who was the new Jeopardy host who's no longer the new Jeopardy host <laughs> and who isn't even the Jeopardy executive producer anymore. Good, good riddance, I think. And um, what he had said was that when he was guest hosting, he said that a number of people were understandably reticent to come in and tape, uh, given COVID and all of that. And normally that wouldn't bother me if somebody said that, as I said in the last episode. But this guy was supposed to be the new host of Jeopardy. And he's going to say that people were reticent when he means reluctant to come in and host. That that bothered me. I didn't like that at all. What is irritating? Is the yes. question. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I, if, if you don't remember, Kathy actually has been a Jeopardy contestant in the past, uh, which which I'm very jealous of. Yeah, but I came in third. <laughs> That's better than I ever did on Jeopardy. <laughs> Kath, tell me what you won on Jeopardy, too. A Steam Vac. <laughs> <laughs> I liked the Steam Vac. Had a designer watch by... By Maurice Lacroix, wow. <laughs> who I've never heard of. <laughs> the other thing was that I said, if you use explicate in a sentence, I'm probably not going to think very highly of you. And I feel differently about that now because I was listening actually to a sports podcast. And one of the hosts, um, I can't remember exactly what he said now, but he used explicate in a sentence and used it exactly correctly. And not only did I not think less of him, I thought a lot more of him because he used it exactly right. It, it was exactly the right word for that situation. And I feel bad now about saying that I wasn't going to think very well of people uh, who use that because because it's good. He used it and it worked. Well, using well, it correctly, of course. Speaking of mea culpas, we have one as well today. Speaking about reticent and reluctant. <laughs> we who had written, we, we began a lot of this writing a book called You're Saying It Wrong about pronunciation. And hey, that's the same title of the podcast, isn't it? <laughs> and we were saying something very, very wrong. Kath, you want to read that email or not? Yeah, we got an email from a guy, Douglas, who said that he never uses, he rarely uses the word reticent and blah, blah, blah. But then he came to the thing. He said, I noticed that you, like nine out of 10 other people, say Miriam Webster for Merriam Webster. And then he adds, which is the, the little cute little knife, you're saying it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> And he's, we are. <laughs> so what do you say, Fletcher? Merriam, Mar Merriam, I guess I do kind of say Merriam. It's sort of, it's sort of a slides between the two, but, but yeah, I, I, I honestly, I didn't know. No, yeah. it's, he's completely correct. And it was the, the company was uh, founded by George Merriam and he sent us a, with it, the name showing us that little squiggly, you know, backwards uh, E sound, which indicates it's pronounced Merriam, not Miriam. And um, we have definitely been saying it wrong. And I think 
we're going to try to say it correctly, but I still kind of default. I don't even Miriam. I can't help. I know. Miriam. I do too. I, I know that when I'm talking it excitedly or whatever, I'm going to go back to Miriam. I can't help well, it. I got it. I got to add, though, I loved his last line. He said, I love your podcast. Keep up the good work, guys. And Merry Christmas a few months early. <laughs> oh, Douglas. <laughs> Go, Doug. No, that was fabulous. Anyway, today's topic is going to be, um, it's a spelling bee. And Fletcher, you are oh. the spelling bee contestant. <laughs> well, I want you to know that twice I got second place in my regional spelling bee. So. Ooh. Wow. Okay. Speaking of which, actually, just before we start this, speaking of misspellings, and I'm sure Fletcher and I'm sure Kathy, neither of you will have made this mistake, but I saw this twice on Friday and again today uh, in in terms of reigning in COVID, or is COVID being reigned in yet? And guess how they spelled it? Mm, With a G? And I just typed it in at random, and I've seen, literally, I am not... I am not speaking figuratively. I'm saying literally hundreds of reigning in COVID as R-E-I-G-N or reigning in this or reigning in that. As opposed to like pulling back on the reins. Yeah. Um, the one the one I see that it's it's this is me being a real persnickety is straight jacket. It's always spelled straight, like as in straight and narrow. And it's not. It's spelled S-T-R-A-I-T. And I don't know why that just bothers me. It's me being very picky. Well, someone <laughs> here is guilty of that the other day. Kathy and I were writing a book on uh, the history. It's basically a history of body parts in, in body parts in history. And guess who wrote Straight Jacket? Who misspelled Straight Jacket? I'm not going to name any names, but it wasn't <laughs> me. <laughs> no. I did. I, I have to say I'm guilty of it. It's just terrible. That one I do, I still sometimes instinctively do playwright i pause is it right mm-hmm. right whatever but anyway let's go to the yep. let's go to the regular game. Uh, let's get fletcher fletcher is a spelling bee contestant we're gonna start up easy fletcher just to get you warmed up okay accommodate accommodate a c c o m o d a t e accommodate <gasps> fletcher two m's it has two m's doesn't it yes yes I think I've gone through this about 70,000 times <laughs> over the past few years when I try to spell accommodate. I always get that wrong. I could I could have done it if you'd asked me to type it out, darn it. That's It's funny. I, I, that's what I always think is, is much easier to see it in writing as opposed to in your head. Actually, I think Fletcher should do that maybe to make it uh, – that's, that's an interesting one because I, I think he's right. I think if you look – I'm just looking at it right now. One M looks wrong. But if you said yeah. it, I'm not sure I'd be be aware of it looking, it feeling wrong. I think write them down, Fletcher. Uh, that's not fair. The spelling bee contestants don't get to write them down unless they do it in the air with their hands. So no, I'm I'm not going to do it. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna soldier on and try not to screw things up. Let's acknowledge that and move on to this is an interesting one, a trick one. Acknowledgement. Acknowledgement. Okay. Um, this it is sort of a trick one actually. Uh. So acknowledgement, A-C-K-N-O-W-L-E-D-G, and then probably I could either have an E or not, M-E-N-T, acknowledgement. Well done. Excellent. Because that's the key. A lot of times people uh, correct you when you put an E in and as acknowledgement, you know, as is acknowledge plus meant, but that's still correct. It's more British with the E. Without the E tends to be American. But both spellings are, are technically correct. And they both started out at the same time, roughly. 
um, with an E started in the 1500s, 1560, and without an E with the citation of the OED was 1574. So it's like they coexisted all along. It's funny. I prefer the E not because of the you know the British spelling versus the American spelling. I think it's just easier to look at and more pleasant. It makes it more sensible to me. I don't know what you guys think on that. But the DGM, that sort of mush of consonants, I think looks sort of ugly. Although now, curiously, I think you have corrected me on this, Russ. I could be wrong. I spell judgment with the E. I can't stand judgment without the E, but I find that's one that you almost always get corrected on. Even though, again, both of them are technically correct. I, I vastly prefer it with the E. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. But I thought you corrected me once when I spelled it. I might have, because, I mean, it is the American, you know, the classic American spelling, so I might have done it. But, I mean, I, you know, it doesn't really matter either way, really. Judgment is, is definitely the one I was going to bring up. After, I, didn't, I, I don't know that I've actually really seen acknowledgement with the E. Uh, I, just, I just assumed that it, that it probably would be correct as well. But that really is interesting to me that they came about at the same time. That, mm-hmm. How does that happen, I wonder? Because it's it's not like they're getting it wrong and then it it creeps in and replaces one if they're both coming in at the same time. Yeah, I agree with you. I I wonder the same as well. I, I mean, the only thing I can assume is it's the 1500s and everybody was so like spelling was a little more lax, so some people just chucked it in and some didn't. I yeah, don't know. yeah, yeah. And you're printing, and then you're printing it, and then the the printer actually takes control. That happened a lot with English uh, spelling because of the first English spell uh, printer, Caxton. He kind of fossilized spellings to some degree because it suddenly became authoritative. But if you have two different printers or two different typesetters, you can get two different authoritative spellings. Then you get Americans coming over to uh, America from England and they're spelling it American way with, you know, without the E. I think that tends to happen a lot. Is there any real reasoning behind not having the E? I mean, I don't. I mean, I you know, I'm American. I it's, I spell judgment and acknowledgement without the E. But is is there any any reasoning behind that, or do people just say that's how it's spelled? That's interesting. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't either. I really don't. The thing that always gets me, and this is this is off topic, while Ross tries to find that out <laughs> quickly. <laughs> Um, the thing that gets me is, is the general rule of thumb. I always notice with, um, I was talking with someone, oh, the word canceled the other day with double L versus oh, single sure. L. Uh-huh. And, and, and again, British tends to be double L, American tends to be single L. I mean, although now more and more I see canceled with the double L. But it seems to me that the Brits almost always have, are the ones with the extra letter, like acknowledgement mm-hmm. with the extra E and judgment with the E, mm-hmm. whereas Americans and canceled with the extra L and jewelry with the extra L. Yeah. Whereas Americans take out the extra letters and the U's for that matter. It's like Americans are stripping it down more. Yeah, we don't have time for that stuff. <laughs> it's true. But it's actually interesting right here because it comes from the old French, jugement, which had, and, and based on uh, to judge in French, jugier, and they both had, the jugement has the E in it. So I think probably with, Sort of the go-to one probably is with the E. So the question would be, therefore, why did the Americans take out the E? But it wasn't just Americans, Russell. We're talking back in the 1500s. I know that, but I'm saying, but the Americans stuck with the out the E, whereas the... Uh... I think it's what Fletcher says. We have no time. Americans don't have the time. It's like, quick, get rid of it. Come on. <laughs> but there is, there is a case, though. There is that case, though, with the Americans. I mean, forgetting the earlier, as you said, that both were, you know, in, in a, were extant then. But they are saying that um, there's a claim that Noah Webster 
actually fossilized or struck that without the E spelling in his 1828 American uh, dictionary. And there we go. Aha. Yep. So, I mean, but the question, though, is what Kathy's just said, that why before did they have it and they didn't have it? I think it could just be a matter of just that's what happens. Yeah. But moving on to the next word, this I'm sure you're going to get, but we have a little comment on this. Acquire. Acquire. A-C-Q-U-I-R-E. Acquire. It's very commonly spelled, and we found numerous examples of this uh, without the C, including, and then speaking of that CQ sort of format, which uh, comes from the Latin, we found a, uh, uh, it was all over the place uh, on Facebook, a picture of uh, Melania Trump and the statement, (laughs) Melania was the classiest first lady since Jacqueline Kennedy. And Jacqueline is spelled J-A-Q-U-E-L-I-N-E. Hmm. No C-Q there. And that's, uh, people really resist for obvious reasons because the Q does its job. But unfortunately, when words come from Latin via the French, the C-Q stands. Why is that C-Q there? What did what did that serve in Latin? Why is there a C-Q? I was actually wondering myself. It's hard to say because the, like, for example, for a choir, a choir in Latin would be add to and then quere uh to seek to obtain so you're mushing so that's yeah you're you're putting them together so that's why you'd have it it's this the d became a c your d sort of meld with the q sound and then the d turned to c in vulgar latin but i don't i can't say why it would return why it would do that i don't know but it started out though it's like a prefix and a a word so yeah that's right it was a prefix add then quereri, yeah. and then the the right. ad quereri is is, a, is sort of awkward to say, so the mm. the d sound merges with the q, and I would imagine mm. the c would become, would enter into, uh, to merge with the q, and it's sort of like an intermediary. But I don't know why specifically it wouldn't be, aquare quereri, for example. Although in looking at the uh, etymology, we really we're taking a long time with this one thing. The old French is spelled a q. It is e r r e. It is. But then the mid then it then it became but then the C got re added. Hmm. Yeah, but the vulgar Latin had A C Q. Had the C. Yeah. I agree. But then I'm saying, but then it became then it went into the French, the old French did not have the C. And yeah. then the C reemerged. Well, another mystery or some Latin. <laughs> <laughs> but it's you apparent. Did... <laughs> oh, okay. You before we get to that, you did at least solve a little bit of the mystery for me with, with that that two words being put together or I guess the prefix and the word being put together and then somehow that changed to a C. That's apparent to you now. <laughs> it is, <laughs> yes. It is apparent to me now. A-P-P-A-R-E-N-T. Apparent. Perfect. This is one actually we put in, we picked these words or these are the ones that are most commonly misspelled. I mean, on, on a variety of uh, surveys and such. This one is such an easy word but it's so easy to misspell it because you've got like, do you put an A-N-T or an E-N-T? One P or, or or, or two P's, two P R's or one R, and and I think this is the one one of those ones I never have misspelled it to be honest with you, mm-hmm. but I think it's one that you can overthink, and that's where you get into trouble. Yeah, this one I never had any problems with either. Yeah, I don't I don't know that I have either. But but when you said it here a second ago, I I did go through all of those things that you just mentioned, Kathy, except for the double P. That one I knew, but I, I thought, okay, is there a double R? I screwed up accommodate a while back. Maybe there are more <laughs> letters in here, and I had to. I had to sort of double check with myself and make sure it was ENT instead of ANT. Now, if I were just writing that out, if if I were 
writing something, if I were typing something, I probably would just do it and not think all of those things. But as you asked me right there, I did have to go through that process. Mm. Uh, Kathy wants to skip this one, but I don't think we should because one time we were working really hard. And do you remember that day, Kath? No, I don't. Good nuts. <laughs> no. <laughs> Kat, you know, you, you, I you, don't remember and I have to <laughs> run now. <laughs> In Kathy's defense, have you ever gotten to the point where you're just so like frazzled with your mind, you just cannot get this word or you cannot understand it or whatever? <laughs> Kathy kept spelling this word like the cartoon character. Well, that's because I like the cartoon <laughs> character. Okay, but Fletcher, I don't think Fletcher's going to make this mistake. Asterisk. <laughs> oh, a okay. Instead of, uh, yeah, yeah, a asterisk, which which a lot of people do say asterisk. Yes. Um, so A-S-T-E-R-I-S-K. -A Did I say all Correct. the letters in there? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so ashamed. <laughs> I want to point out that I was on Jeopardy, though. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, indeed, that's how it's spelled. The problem is that here we go back to, we've talked about it a million times, is metathesis. I mean, so the people start pronouncing it incorrectly due to that flipping the uh, switching letters and sounds, and they end up spelling it incorrectly because of the flipping of the letters and sounds. And some of us are just tired to do it because <laughs> they're exhausted because they work so hard. <laughs> I'm wondering now if I see it written incorrectly very often, Certainly people say, uh, like like we just said, people say asterisk all the time, but I'm, I'm trying to... I'm trying to think about whether I see it written incorrectly. Yeah, as you were speaking, I was just looking it up. I don't see it that much. I don't see it too much. So people do tend to know how it's spelled. Although I do see a number of asterisk, I-K-S, I just saw. Really? Yes. I would have expected the X way before the I-K-S. Oh no, the K-S is, is what I've seen. Well, that's super weird. Etsy right here. Check out our Asterix selection for the best and yeah. unique custom handmade items, IKS. I think it's because people see the K and just, as I said before, since they pronounce it Asterix, they spell it with the K thinking they're being correct, but they're still spelling it wrong. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that um, some people just call it... Uh, Tech types do it a lot. They call it a, a, a star. Right. <laughs> it's a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> Just like, we need a star. <laughs> uh, the next one, I'm going to, uh, Ross says doesn't want to, I'm going to make it real quick. There's something, a pin is sometimes called a brooch. How is that spelled? Oh, uh, bro right. Brooch. Okay. Let me, let me think about this for a second. Bro, oh, B-R-O-O-C-H. Correct. Okay, that was that was that's the one where I see broaches and I broached the subject. O -A -C -H. Right. Well, obviously, I had to. I mean, I knew that wasn't it, but but as you could tell, I had to stop and think about what it actually was with the double O. Yeah, I mean, that's I think that sometimes people see the word brooch with a double O, meaning the pin, and they think it's pronounced brooch. This sure. Is another yeah. One, you know, because it's logical. I mean, why would it be brooch? It's two O's. You know. So why is it brooch? Um, I don't. It came from the Latin. Broca, but why did it become now? This is what I'm confused about. Why did it become a uh, uh, a double O from that? Because it came from the old French then, which was broche, B R O C H E, and then it got its own spelling of the double O to distinguish it from the O A C, which was a pointed instrument. I think that comes, I think, from the great vowel change. We have to go. We have to do a special section on that, because oh, in Middle know. English it would be spelled. Um, I thought in Middle England it was O-A-C-H, and then it switched over 
an early Middle English, then it switched over to O-O-C-H. Mm-hmm. But I think that comes, my guess would be um, that comes from uh, the Great Vowel Shift in England. We should do a thing on that, shouldn't we? Yeah, well, we have to actually check that, though, because I don't want to, um, I, I'm, I'm I don't right want to confidently to... say that without being sure that that's the case. In Middle English, brooch was pronounced with a long O, as in hope. Right. It was spelled B-R-O-C-H. They're, but they're they're saying, why is it the case, though? That's right, because it's the sa- it was the same etymology as brooch, A-C-H. And yeah, the, no, you're right. Point, it was determined to spell it differently, and, the, and, and that was like sort of in the 1500s, but not really. Well, I have to say, Kathy, on this one, you and I are being puzzled a lot more than uh, we did. <laughs> I think we should have dispelled things. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. can spell brooch. Yeah, Fletcher, Do don't ask. Do Jeopardy? <laughs> exactly, Fletcher. Don't ask why. Just spell. <laughs> <laughs> Ours is not to reason why. Ours is just to spell or die. My gut feeling is it's the great foul shift, and I think we're going to have to do some research on that, and I think we should probably do an episode on the Great Vowel Shift, which mm-hmm. is the great bugbear for anyone dealing with English. But mm. anyway, let's move on very quickly. I, I have to say something really quickly, though. The differentiation in spelling, um, they're saying is actually rather recent in the OED, but they yeah. and they say it's hardly established, but I don't see anything but that. No, I don't either. I think we, maybe it isn't the Great Vowel Shift, then maybe it's just a, uh, a question of serendipity. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Let's move quickly on and ignore that. <laughs> This is a word that's really easy to spell, but everyone gets it wrong, and it looks weird sometimes when you automatically do it, and the reason, we'll go into that. It's calendar. I'm sure you know how to spell it. C-A-L-E-N-D-A-R. Right. Correct. The one temptation many people have is that A-R ending. It's not very common in English, and they they automatically go to E-R, which is obviously calendar, which is obviously incorrect. One of the major reasons probably why this happens is it's really a truncated Latin word, calendarium, Mm -hmm. and the dari, the A there, but they chopped off the uh, I-U-M, which they often did with Latin words. So we're left with a word ending in A-R, but it seems, with our native English sense of uh, correctness, it seems like it should end with E-R, although it doesn't. We also say calendar, not calendar. Right. Yeah. But there is a word, or was a word in English, calendar. Do you know what that meant? No. Kathy does. Cloth presser. <laughs> calendar. Yeah. Cloth presser. That's Isn't that interesting. amazing? Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I don't think anyone uses it. If you ever get caught misspelling it, say, I wasn't referring to the date thing. I was referring to cloth presser. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this word is one that I always have troubles with. I don't know what it is, and uh, I just do. And the word is camouflage. Oh, right, camouflage. I No, I could understand why you would have trouble with that. Um, I, I'm pretty sure it's C-A-M-O-U-F-L-A-G-E. Excellent. I always think the U should go with the flage part. Oh, sure, okay. Well, I mean, at least at least you know there's a U in there. Yeah, but I, I don't know where. <laughs> I can easily see people not even putting the U in at all, though. Especially because you refer to camo, so it's just C-A-M-O. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you just go camo. It just seems to me, though, I guess because it's French sounding, that you want to put a U in there. But I just always feel like it should be like the flage. That's a really right. weird word, though, camouflage. No one really knows where it comes from or why we do. There's some thought that, I mean, it, it probably comes from... Uh, via the French slang, etc., from, uh, I think, capo mufare, Italian, to muffle the head, 
which is a weird word. And then they said camouflet, a puff of smoke, which is bizarre too. But that makes sort of sense, blowing smoke in someone's face. I didn't realize it was so new a word. Hmm. That I mean, the first citation, the OED, is from uh, the late 1800s. Oh. And I would have thought camouflage would have been like around longer than that. I like the British term dazzle painting. <laughs> and I've never heard of that. <laughs> is that British? I thought that was a U.S. thing. The British Navy in World War One used to have, they called uh, camouflage. U.S. Navy, Ross. It's the U.S. Navy. It was called Look, up, look up here. Look up here, painting. Kathy. British Navy dazzle painting. The U.S. Navy. Well, hello, down here. The U.S. Navy calling it razzle dazzle. Well, I have my citation says the British Navy in World War One called it dazzle painting. Okay, Ross, were you ever on Jeopardy? Just curiously. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Dazzling each other. Ross, your turn. This no, actually, we we can't really um, pronounce it until Fletcher says it <laughs> oh okay this this one's gonna be hard then i think okay no we're talking this is a really common one that uh, that both kathy and i commonly even though we know we shouldn't we do uh, we're talking about something called a chaise and there's oh, an a l sh- word sh- after chaise 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 lounge yes um <laughs> uh, I don't actually know how we ought to be saying that. Uh, that given, that's given, my bugbear. Given that we're Americans, but uh, so C H A I S E L O N G U E. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Good. Woo. Yeah, it literally means in French long chair. Long yeah. chair. L O N G chair. Right. The long means long. But I think what happened is. We've kind of, by transmogrification, made it Chase Lounge. And I don't know about you guys, but I say Chase Lounge usually, even though I know it's Chase Long. What about you guys? Chase Lounge. I don't know that I've ever really said it one time in my life um, through in conversation, but I'd probably just say Chase Lounge. Yeah, me too. You know, I don't know. I've been pretend- more or less pretentious at various points in my life, but it seems like we're Americans. That's probably what we say. I mean, we say we say lingerie, right? Although in the in the garment business, a lot of people say lingerie. Right. That, that makes sense that it would be in the business, uh, yeah. but, but not so much, you know, just talking about it, Americans and yeah, I think you so sound on. like a bit of a dick going chez long. Don't you think? <laughs> but speaking of being really like sort of a bit of a whatever, how would you do the plural? Uh, <laughs> well, I you know how would you properly or how would you uh, if you if you're saying chaise lounge, you're probably gonna say chaise lounges. Yeah, mm. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. <laughs> just... but... Yeah, well, if you say it French, it sounds really weird doing it with adding the. But the French plural is S, adding S's on both. Yeah, but you wouldn't pronounce either S, though. You'd have it. You're, you're at Ikea. At Ikea, you'd go, <laughs> I want deux chaises longues. <laughs> but, but in your head, you're adding the S's. <laughs> yes. And then I think you're in the state, you're at the Ikea in, you know, in Wichita, and you're going to go, I want two chaise lounges, is what I would say. Yeah. I think we should go back to long chairs, personally. That's simple. <laughs> Just give me two long chairs, it. darn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> And make it snappy. <laughs> um, this next one's too easy. Let's do conscientious. Do you want to do? Because that's sort of okay. a pain. Okay, conscientious. Okay. Uh, C-O-N-S-C-I-E-N-T-I-O-U-S. Oh, Fletcher. You got it right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, this is the, the this one is one that I can spell correctly, but I always have to stop for a minute. The I thing is, it sort of violates an English a general English rule. If the root word ends in C E, you add C I O U S. Like grace, for example, is gracious C I U S. If the root word ends in T I O N, you add T I O U S. But conscience ends with, uh, unless I'm very wrong, ends with C E. So I guess if you follow the general, I mean, English rules are made to be broken, but if you follow the general rule, it should be C I O U S, not T I O U S. But is there a difference depending on the number of uh, of um, nope uh, 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 no uh, syllables no 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 sorry okay <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> Kathy he made you jump back there but. Uh, <laughs> As as much uh, ambiguity as we had in today's episode, it's nice to have a definitive answer on something. <laughs> That's, true. That's true. Fletcher got us both on it. that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. This is the first time we've been positive the entire half hour. <laughs> Maybe we should talk more about that. <laughs> I think we have a consensus. <laughs> oh. oh, man. All right. Okay. Now, we've talked about this word uh, in other ways before um but consensus i'm pretty sure is c-o-n-s-e-n-s-u-s is that yes right? okay so it's not it's not c-e-n which is probably what a lot of people do exactly okay people see the words of hear the word census and assume that it's got something to do with that word census that starts with a c but consensus has nothing to do with census which is interesting because in both cases you can kind of be talking about counting people or counting you know, the number of people who might agree with something in, in this case. So even, even, even beyond just the way it sounds, it's kind of understandable that people would be thinking of census. Exactly. I mean, it makes sense. Spelled <laughs> S-E-N-S-E. <laughs> but that's, this is one of the ones that I thought was a little weird because, yeah, the word census comes from the word census. I mean, you know, registering citizens and property, et cetera, the county thing. But the word consensus comes from the Latin word consensus. (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, you know, a pretty, pretty clear answer on that. So that's good. This episode of You're Saying It Wrong has been produced by me, Fletcher Powell, help from Beth Golay and Luann Stevens in the studios of KMUW in Wichita, Kansas. Kathy Petrus records from her home in Seattle, Washington, Ross Petrus from his home in Toronto, Ontario. If you have a question for Kathy and Ross, you can tweet it at us. We're at YSIWpod. Email them at kandrpetrus at gmail.com or email me at powell at kmuw.org. And if you like what we're doing, leave us a rating or even a review at Apple Podcasts. Those reviews help us. They're how we get more people to find us. Kathy and Ross's book, You're Saying It Wrong, was published by 10 Speed Press. You can find that and much of their other work pretty much anywhere you get books. We recommend your local independent bookstore. And, of course, Kathy and Ross are always up to something. You can check out their other work through their website, kandrpetras.com. That's K-A-N-D-R-P-E-T-R-A-S dot com. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks.